My name is Tressa. And my name is Christian. And welcome to the Startup Brew Fargo podcast. Startup Brew is a weekly event hosted by Emerging Prairie in downtown Fargo, where we believe entrepreneurship is energized over brews. Each week, we bring entrepreneurs, founders, and innovators together because we believe they succeed when they have access to each other and the community that supports them. This summer, Startup Brew will occur each Wednesday morning at Drecker Brewing. This week, we had Juneteenth Takeover and welcome Frederick Edwards Jr. with Fred's Dissonance and Sharon Trailer with Roots Hair and Soul Salon. We also had a special guest host, Ricky Palais. It was a special startup group because the morning was about spreading awareness for Juneteenth. For our listeners, Ricky provides a great summary of Juneteenth, so we will listen in. So Juneteenth was a uh, official celebration, or at least uh, an acknowledgement of recognizing when all people had the opportunity, or you know, if if, if you will, were given the freedom to be free. So uh, as most people probably know, the Emancipation Proclamation, Abraham Lincoln wrote that all you know slaves should be free. But unfortunately, this was in 1863. But it wasn't until two years later that officially every person was allowed to be free. Let's give it up for everyone who was able to be, have an opportunity to be able to do that. And so it was on uh, this coming June 19th, 1865, that officially all people in America were allowed to be free. And so we get to celebrate that. Uh, last year in 2021, we were, uh, it was a finally a federally recognized holiday that actually recognized that people were allowed to be free. So it's really cool and I love that we get to do a Juneteenth takeover. And we have some amazing speakers that are gonna be able to share, talk a little bit more about what that means and how that has affected them and other things. Seeking change, Sharon Trailer moved from Chicago to Fargo around nine years ago. Here, she co-founded Roots Hair and Soul, a barbershop and salon located in downtown Fargo. She co-owns the company alongside Brenna Fisher. On top of that, Sharon is also North Dakota's first black woman barber and has been a master barber for five years. She wanted to use her newfound skills to help bring the community together. Sharon said, their company is about serving the community. They host events like hair shows, open mics, spoken word, barbecues, hair classes, yard sales, and volunteers cutting hair at the local jail. It was a little windy while Sharon was speaking, but it dies down after about a minute. Let's listen to what Sharon had to say. Hi, um, so. There it goes, right, Brenna? Uh, my name is Sharon Trailer. Um, I am the co-owner of Roots Hair and Soul, formerly known as Roots Barbershop and Salon. Can you all hear me okay? Okay. Um, what else? Yeah, I do have four children. We are from Chicago. We've been here for nine years. We moved here in 2013. Um, I have three boys and one girl. Currently, my oldest son is a musician. He's 25, he's married, and he gave me my first grandchild. <laughs> and then my second son, he's a barber also, um, but he went to the military. He's in Louisiana. My third son, Micah, he's in barber college now. He graduated last year. And then my daughter, Samay, 
<laughs> she keeps me on my toes. She's my daughter that has um, Down syndrome, but she's so high functioning and um, I don't know, a blessing and she keeps me on my toes. Right, Bryn? So we came here in 2013. I put a pair of women's stockings on the back of my hitch with two tennis balls in it. I'll let you, your imagination go wild with that. Because I felt like I really had to have big, to be able to come up here, you know. <coughs> and my dad, he was like, come on, Sharon, you know, the unemployment rate is low, da 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 Your husband is here in North Dakota, my dad kept telling me. And so we came, we stayed in his house for two months, no, in his apartment, for two months in the living room, all five of us, with my dog. And then we uh, were blessed to have a Habitat house, like right away. We moved in there in 2015. Um, I decided to go to Barber College in 2016. And after 10 months, I graduated as a master barber. Yeah, I never wanted to be a barber. <laughs> No, very true. Um, but Will Dort, um, he was cutting my hair one time. And, he, and in Chicago, I worked in barbershops braiding hair. I was like, why you don't have a braid? He was like, oh, you want a braid? I was like, yeah. He said, you have a license? I was like, no. You don't need a license in Illinois if you're not using chemicals. So long story short, I went to barber college, and I was able to be a barber. And I really love it. I uh, left Skill Cuts, went to Pro Cuts with Thomas and Fritz for a year and a half or two. Um, but let me go back. When I worked at Skill Cuts, that's where I met Brenna, um, my business partner and friend. And uh, we clicked and we hung out a lot and uh, I came to realize that me and her have like the same spirit, the same heart, very similar. We're not the same, but very, very similar in like motivation and tensions. And so, um, so we got close. But before we could see the full potential in each other, we had to fall out. And which we did, um, and that was hard on me because I don't know I was missing her. You know I missed her, like you know. And so anyway, we got things back together, and then that's when the creativity like started. I remember when we were sitting in the car in her car because I still would go up to Skill Cuts even though I wasn't there to see her, spend time with her, uh, we talk or whatever. And I was like, Brenda, we should do a hair show. And she's like, What's that? <laughs> and so I told her, you know, what it was. And you know, we're very, very creative. And so that was August, and we had our first hair show in February, the next year. Man, y'all, <laughs> that hair show was banging. Like, it was over 300 people that came. It was at the Marriott uh, in Moorhead, and me and Brenna could not believe it. And we did everything on our own, everything. The, we, the, get the sponsors, the money, the planning, the calling, the organizing, the everything. And that made us feel so good about ourselves, you know? And the turnout was so great that I don't remember how the conversation went, but she called me over. He was like, yeah, man, we should just start our own business. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, okay, you know, and, and let me go back a little bit. I remember when um, I was getting my nails done one time at this at this nail salon and this guy named Travis, he said, when are you going to get your own spot? And, and it didn't even click. I said, I don't, how can I do that? I don't, I never thought about that. So he spoke that life into me and, I, I, and, and still to this day when I see him, I just say thank you so much for even like letting me know that that was possible because you know, it happened. But anyway, so we started the barbershop and salon and um, we went through a lot of trials and stuff and ups and downs and stuff we didn't know and stabs in the back and just different things, but we don't regret any of it because we are where we want to be and where we need to be right now, which is um, amazing, which is a blessing. 
I first of all, guys, I'm all over the place because I'm nervous and my stomach is like. So I'm not going in proper order, but I wanted to mention something that when I first came here, and will they let me know when it's like a minute so I won't just get cut off? <laughs> when 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 I first moved here, I was on guard. I, I carried a knife on my hip. Uh, when I got my house, I put an iron door on the gate. I had three pit bulls in my house. I was just so used to being like uh, protective over like my family and myself. You know, sometimes people would drive by here and wave, and that used to irritate the mess out of me. I'm like, why are you waving to me? No, it, you know, because it's it's like I don't do I know you. And but then but th but then when the third person and the fourth person, I said, okay, this is what they do here. <laughs> but but in Chicago, you know, it's like you stay focused, you mind your business, you may not like, but you're not gonna talk. It, it's it's none of your business. Don't worry about. It. Just keep going. It's not that we don't like each other. It's just we're so consumed with what's going on and just getting where you gotta go. No one waves, and so that was very irritating. But I realized that I had to. <laughs> I I realized that I had to shed some of that. Okay, one minute, whoa, that went fast. <laughs> um, thank you for this opportunity, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to next become a barber instructor. I wanna keep going higher. I'm gonna try to be on the barber board. I'm gonna try to have a barber school. And uh, me and Brenna are just gonna keep stretching. And the Juneteenth, the hair show, that's where we're gonna be. <laughs> Please come. <laughs> thank you so much um, for this opportunity. Frederick Edwards Jr., or Fred, is the founder of Fred's Dissonance. He recently graduated with his master's degree in educational leadership from North Dakota State University. After being hit by a drunk driver in 2018, Fred was determined to find his purpose. This led him to creating a sober space that emphasized vibrance, culture, and a place to connect. Fred's Dissonance is a company dedicated to promoting intersectionality and equality. It emphasized the importance of enlightenment and connection. Through Fred's dissidents, the black and brown community is given both support and resources to help guide them. Let's listen to what Fred had to say. Oh. So, uh, Ricky outdid me with the shoes. I just want to start off. Just want to, just want to get that out the way because, uh, he made a comment on Instagram and he goes, Fred, I can't wait for this outfit that you're about to wear. And I go, I didn't plan a crazy outfit, but now, now I have to go into the, the closet and, and see what's in my arsenal. Uh, also, great job. Great, great, great job. You had me laughing and everything, and I was like, I got my phone, I'm gonna be checking my phone. She's not checking her notes, she's doing that. Um, and also, just a huge shout out to Emergent Prairie um, and everybody who was involved in all of these awesome community events. It keeps me going, it keeps me flowing. Uh, so, who am I in the genesis of Fred's Dissonance? Uh, I got my bachelor's degree in psychology at North Dakota State University. Uh, with that, you learn interesting vocabulary words, and the one word that I wrestled with was cognitive dissonance. So this idea of cognitive dissonance means when your attitudes and behaviors don't align, or you have new knowledge, and the knowledge that is the old knowledge, there's an uncomfortability to make a choice. And when you make that choice, it is very hard to do. So most of my life has been cognitive dissonance. So I decided, what if I had a 
brand or a logo or something of that sort that said Fred's Dissonance. Um, now, usually in college, you don't have time to start your business and different things of that sort. So I was a community engagement specialist, meaning that I did tons of events in the community uh, without a brand, without a logo, and people just believed in me. So we did barbecues and cookouts, and I did art fairs and different things like that, uh, but with no brand, no logo, no none of that. Like, we, we planned, we got support, we, we did all of that on our own. Um, and typically in college, you go on a spring break trip. So my freshman year at college, I went to South Padre Island in Texas. It was the number one spring break spot in America at the time. Uh, there was over 11,000 DUIs given uh, that, that, that week. And so, I, yeah, it was, yeah, they, they outdid North Dakota. So, so with all of that, super excited, freshly 18 years old, no rubble on my face, none of that stuff yet. Uh, we're driving down, and we end up getting hit by a drunk driver. Uh, the entire car was smashed in half, and my roommate, who was a wrestler, one of the first black bison wrestlers uh, ever in the state of North Dakota, his entire femur was shattered. And I just remember being like, whoa, like my entire life has been flipped upside down in a matter of the most lit weekend that I was supposed to have. Uh, and so we spent about nine days in the hospital and we did not get a spring break trip, but I was able to be released. Um, and fortunately for me, uh, there were so many people there who loved me. And that was the one thing that showcased to me that you can bring community together and people respond with love. So with all those things happening, when I got back to North Dakota State University, I decided I want to invest in doing cultural events. I come from the north side of Minneapolis. I was used to going to Rondo Days and uh, Bohemian Fest and so many other different cultural events happening. Uh, and I didn't see that when I got here nine years ago. In fact, when you went to Shields Arena, all you seen was cornfields. And so for me, I knew that I wanted to do something beyond what I had known or what I had seen. And so growing up over north side of Minneapolis, you see a lot of different events, you see a lot of different businesses. And honestly, collectively, I've seen people come together and grow in ways that I never saw. And so with that, uh, I wanted to do something similar. And so as a sophomore in college, I believe that I averaged about 13 events a year, uh, which was apparently not normal. And I'm finding that out now more and more. Uh, and so I had the opportunity to go to master's school and I got my master's in education uh, and I worked as a graduate assistant at the Office of Multicultural Programs. Uh, the Office of Multicultural Programs wasn't doing a whole ton of events, even though it was in the name, so I was super confused uh, when uh, the director was like, hey Fred, you're on your 17th event this year, uh, do you think you're gonna slow down? And so I responded to her and go, uh, we still got money in the budget. <laughs> So we continued to do events, uh, started to connect more, see different people. Uh, previously to that, I had did a TED Talk uh, at NDSU that ended up going viral. Uh, and so a couple of people had retweeted my TED Talk, some famous people. Uh, and overnight, I seen my life change. I seen the people around me's life change because we were super invested into how do we create a sense of belonging in Fargo, North Dakota? Because as soon as I felt that negative degree weather, I was like, I'm moving home, even though it's, it's still pretty cold there. So the difference is that we have a couple buildings and a couple trees to block us off, uh, but we don't have people waving at us. So uh, I will take that North Dakota nice any day of the week, and I tell people that all the time. And so 
the important lesson that I learned through all of this is don't tell anybody to do something that you didn't do. So right now, I am speaking with over 250 kids in all the Fargo public schools. We're soon going to be in Moorhead. Um, we're in West Fargo as well. And I got a 4.0 when I graduated with my master's. Uh, I was, yeah, that was super important to me, uh, and it felt good. Big flex. Excuses back there, like big flex. Um, but honestly, it was one of those things that I realized when you tell a kid as a black man, as a black teacher, when there's only 2.5 black teachers in America, that you can do what I do. In fact, you can be better and greater than I am, and they see you doing events, and they see you are able to graduate from college and graduate from uh, graduate school and do those different things. Uh, they're inspired to do more and to be greater and to stay in Fargo. I think that's one of the biggest things. I've been here nine years and I tell students stay here you know make your future here because you already have the sweat equity um, and I'm a perfect example of that and so the other one is being a real model and not a role model uh, I tell people all the time I make mistakes like I am not the most perfect person in the world but when I make mistakes I own them and I post them on social media some of y'all know that like if I make a mistake or I do something I'm not supposed to do I'm gonna hold myself accountable and social media is a great way for that uh, and then tell us about an experience unexpected takeover. So uh, I'm from the north side of Minneapolis. My sister lived on 37th and Elliott, which is a block away from where George Floyd was murdered. Uh, and so her house ended up being caught on fire, and that was a really big thing for me. And so it was balancing, do I stay here in North Dakota and create these cultural events, or do I go home and do some work that I thought was very serious? And so uh, a lot of people invested into me and planted into me that you grow where you're planted. And when you grow where you're planted, you got to be expected for the unexpected. And so it was great to be able to teach and do diversity training and other equity trainings inside the schools. Uh, and we created a program to keep students prepared for conversations and tough conversations like that. And so with all that being said, uh People ask, what are the best ways to support Fred's dissonance? We are sober, fun, and cultural events, meaning that that's what we love to do. We have a Juneteenth event happening this Sunday. It'll be about 600 people there. It is going to be the hottest day in North Dakota's history. So we planned for rain, but we didn't plan for 109 degrees. That's what it says. So if you want to support us, you can sponsor an event. You could buy a T-shirt. You could donate. You could spread the word. But the most important thing is create a connection with me and collaborate. I would love to build something together. Uh, again, thank you so much for EP and all the folks that are here. Y'all all got beautiful faces and sunglasses, which I didn't bring. So thank you so much and have a great day. After the presentation, we jumped into a live Q&A session with the audience, joined by our guest host, Ricky Palais. Let's listen in. Uh, the first question I want to open up to for both speakers, uh, what is a win you're celebrating lately? You've both shared a little bit about your journey and, and kind of your past, but tell us about your, your present and whoever want to start can go. Uh, right now for Roots, Hair and Soul, our, um, the most recent thing that we've accomplished is getting a place for ourselves that is really all ours. Yes. Um, yeah, so that's the most recent um, most important accomplishment. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, my most recent accomplishment goes in threes. Everything else goes in threes, but I'll make it real quick. Uh, got fiscally sponsored by the human family. Um, so we operate as a nonprofit. That was super important and huge for me. Uh, made it on the Fargo Monthly this month. It's not out yet, but it is going to be out real soon. But I have seen the digital copy. So 
get a copy of that. Give it to your family, grandmas and cousins. Uh, and then the third thing is uh, Fargo. The city of Fargo invested a lot of money into Juneteenth this year, um, which just it was it was honestly wasn't expected, but it, it it made a huge impact to to what we were able to do and able to serve, and we're able to give all kids free meals and a whole bunch of other free things. So I was very grateful for that. Yeah. Awesome. Good. Well, thank y'all. Yeah. Round of applause. That's amazing. So I'll go ahead and open it up to the floor and our audience. Anybody have any questions? Oh, right there, Sharon. Yeah, and in case anyone didn't hear the question, the question was that Sharon had shared about the dream that was spoken to her. And then the question was, like, what is a dream that you want to speak into our community for both of you? Uh, I'm going first because Sharon is pointing at me. Uh, so I grew up on the north side of Minneapolis, but when I went to high school, I grew up on the south side of Minneapolis. Um, and there they have this thing called the Midtown Global Market, the Global Market Exchange. And so somebody asked me, if you had a million dollars, what would you do? I said, I would create an international market here that could serve a whole bunch of people and serve also as an event space uh, I think that would be crazy for Fargo. If you got the Nepalese people and the Sudanese people and you got all of these different people in between to come together and create these crazy events, that's something that I picture, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> uh, Brenda was trying to say something. I wish I heard what she was saying, but uh, I do think she'll agree with this. Um, one of our dreams for the community is just to be able to have so many different types of events like spoken words and barbecues and learning how to plant and teaching young people how to do their own hair or mothers. So basically like it would be for everyone to know about every culture. You know what I'm saying? Like you would understand why we dress so flashy or we will understand why you like to sh shoot and hunt or we can just different. No, seriously. I, I'm sorry. That was a bad example, but that was a great example. This, great this example. Really great example. <laughs> but that, that's a dream of ours. So we're all about community. We're not really about the making the money part. Like what's most important to us is like um, doing things that you all need or want or want to learn about. So bringing the community together. She, she definitely meant making money too though. A little bit. Just a little <laughs> yes, bit. Yes, just yes, bit. absolutely. Just but so. it's not that we're, yeah, our intentions is just to, it's not the focus. We would rather you be um, happy with how you felt being there or how you um, perceived us than us making sure we got 25 or $60 from a, you know, so, yeah. yeah. That was great. That was good. Awesome, thank you, great question. Uh, next, Alice, my man. So the question was, I'll give you guys some chance to think about that. The question was that in their respective communities and respective backgrounds, they mentioned and talked a lot about their being the first, first to move here, first to go to school, or first to open up different um, uh, licenses and doing a lot of different things. So the question was, uh, what would you recommend or what would you share to someone who might be coming here and making their first move or their first uh, venture of whatever it is that they might be doing? Okay, um, that's pretty easy. I would say when you come here, forget about where you left. Don't compare that. Um, have full confidence in yourself. Know that this place, the opportunities are already, you can literally just grab it and, and have it. Uh, I would tell them to be about your, when you come in here, make up your mind before you come here. Let your mindset be changed first before you come here. And know that when you come here, in, in my mind, this is where you are serious about what you're trying to do. So just come full force, meaning come ready, come 
uh, uh, believing in yourself, come knowing that it can happen. Don't say, well, I don't know. No, have the attitude of it's here. You may not know where it's at or how to get it, but yeah, so I would just say come here with full confidence knowing that what you want can actually uh, happen. So this is not a place to play in my mind. This is a place where you uh, are serious about what you really want and you know you can get it. And so, yeah. Wow. I agree with all those things. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I would say if somebody wants to thrive in Fargo, uh, something that they're passionate about, I would say the biggest thing would be um, I think Fargo, specifically Fargo-Moorhead, West Fargo, is like a slingshot, right? Sometimes it feels like you're going back in time. Like, I remember the first time I seen cowboy boots and a belt buckle. I was like 20 years old, and I was just like, this is real life. <laughs> like, this is legit real life. And the same person who I seen for the first time do that, they actually bought me a pair of Ariats. And so I was super thankful because it was like a new culture. And it was honestly a culture shock. But with this slingshot, it feels like you're going back in time a little bit, but it will propel you forward. Yes. And so I would say, like, fail big because people people oftentimes, they bring up, like, what I thought was a failure. That was, like, their first time seeing a success out of me. And so for me, I would say fail big because there are people who will invest into your vision. Um, and I'm not just talking financially, but I just mean, like, with that love, radiating that love and that North Dakota niceness. Um, that's super important. And I would say uh, it was super hard for me. And I appreciate you saying, like, forget about where you come from in a way because I remember the first time somebody tried to hold the door open for me and I was like no I'm, I'm okay I'm okay and then it kept happening and I was like no I'm, I'm okay I'm okay because if somebody wanted to hold the door open for you where I'm from like they're trying to rob you and so I was like how is this 60 year old man trying to rob me right now like I don't understand so I would say yeah you, you definitely gotta kind of leave some of that stuff where it is facts. yeah that's big facts and again it's, it's very dif it's different uh, <laughs> but that's what I love about our community that that North Dakota, Fargo, Fargo Moorhead nice, it, it really is a real thing, but I remember the first time uh, when I moved here from Pasadena, it was that same thing. Someone like offered to help me move, and I was like, no, you're not going to find out where I live. You're not going to rob me. Like, no, that's not how this works. You know, but like, it just was a genuine people just genuinely care about you and your well-being, so, that, and that's what I just enjoy about our community, so that's amazing that I'm not, not alone. <laughs> awesome. So we got a question. Yeah. That for the people who are born and raised in North Dakota, live here, have grown here, uh, what would you be able to share or from you both being able to uh, share with those who have lived here about starting, you know, students and, and starting businesses for those who, uh, who have kind of just been raised here? How would you, how would you help them? But given that you guys have very diverse backgrounds. Helping them understand something? Helping them understand, just elaborate just a little bit. Yeah, um, just from like students from small towns who maybe have an experience Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, just ask questions. <laughs> like, we're literally okay with that. We won't be offended. Like, when you want to ask, that's like, oh, wow, you want to know. You know, like, don't ever think anything is a stupid question. First of all, remove the stereotypes which TV shows you. All stereotypes. So... If you can remove that and then just ask the question, is it any question? Any, it's, there's not a stupid question, it's not an offensive question, because especially if you started off by like, um, 
I'm not trying to offend you or, or no disrespect, then we already know. And even if after that it comes out wrong, it's okay because you weren't sure how to ask it, but we know that your first and heart intention was not to. But to ask questions just to know or uh, or even to, to, to tell the, the, the new business people or whatever, um, uh, I, I want to learn. It helped me learn or explain to me or what can I do to make you feel more comfortable or what can I do um, to let you know that I want to learn about you. Just ask questions, for real. I think, I think that's the answer. Yeah, I agree with a lot of that. I would say uh, ask almost all questions, but the one question that I got that kind of hurt my heart was somebody was like, hey, Fred, like, do you have a dad? And I was just floored because I was like, I do got a dad. My dad is Frederick Edwards Sr. I know my dad. You a real cool dude. Pastor Fred. From, but that's from the stereotype. Yeah, right. So I would say like 94% of questions ask those questions because most people want to know like what you're curious about. And then the other thing I would say is get an uncomfortability book. It could be a notebook. It could be an index book. It can be notes on your phone. Uh, when you're in spaces where you feel uncomfortable and you don't know why, write that down, right? Because oftentimes we don't know, like we get very scared or like fragile when something hits us just out of the blue. But when we start to collect those things of like, I felt uncomfortable in this situation or somebody asked me a question or I ate some food and it was so spicy that I just could never do that again. Write those things down so then when you do have questions and you have built that relationship with the with the Cusa or with the Sharon or with the Ricky, you can ask those questions with somebody you have built that relationship and connection with and they will literally help you and guide you through so many different things. Um, one cool thing that I did last year well, two years ago when I worked at uh, NDSU, was, I had a lot of lunch sit-downs with professors and teachers and faculty about uncomfortable conversations and questions, and we had built that relationship and rapport. So, like Sharon said, ask those questions, because a lot of times people are curious of, like, why are you staring at us? I want to know what, what you want to know. So, yes, indeed. Awesome. All right, we got time for one more question. I'm going to open it up. Yeah, Kurt. So the question was, for those who may not have heard, uh, how can we support Juneteenth and what does that look like? Yes, I would say the most radical idea is that black history is American history, right? And so with that, if you believe in freedom, I think this is a celebration worth celebrating. Um, but there's two sides to this coin, right? There's uh, appreciation and appropriation. So if you are profiting off of Juneteenth without that being invested to those who are largely impacted by it, that's kind of harder to do. But if you are celebrating and participating and also building a business that is incorporating these different things, I would say I appreciate you because you are a pioneer here in North Dakota. Um, and also come to events, right? Uh, Juneteenth will be a great event to come to on Sunday. Uh, and other events, I would say come and celebrate because you'll see I'll be there open arms and hugs. I'll be a little sweaty. But we want people to learn and to grow because as a community we grow and as individuals siloed into our own spots and places, uh, we don't grow like that. So to create that unity, I would say come and support and uh, learn more. And at the same time, make those posts that you want to make or make those stickers and, and all those different things. I think one thing was really cool that I saw uh, over the last four months was a lot of businesses reaching out and saying, how do we get involved? I think that that's a great way as well. Um. I do agree with everything Fred said because I really don't have a strong answer because I'm still learning myself what I can do um, to contribute to the holiday. So 
yeah, I'm in it with you. So I don't, I'm still learning myself, you know, how to incorporate or how to show my appreciation for the holiday. And so the last question uh, for uh, Startup Brew, we always ask our founders, uh, the Fargo community, obviously those who are here, but those who aren't able to make it is here for you. So what is one thing that we can do as our community to help energize your work? Um, We like to network. We like to be invited to things. We like to um, volunteer. We like to uh, bring up ideas and just collaborate. So, you know, if there are things that you feel that we can fit in, um, contact us. We really like community everything. Like everything community, me and Brenna, we really like to be involved in. So, and uh, just spread the word about how nice we were and how, you know, all that, you know, throw a little of that in there. So, but yeah, just just, um, allow us to be involved with what you do. We would appreciate that. Yeah, I would say the biggest thing for me is I always get invited to things that I never thought I would enjoy. Like I went to a financial literacy for real estate agents training one time. I'm not a real estate agent, but the invite was appreciated. And so I think that that's one of the biggest things is just inviting folks out. Uh, is super important for me because it becomes a network in itself. Um, Talk about the cool outfits that we wear sometimes. Um, But the biggest thing is uh, coming and experiencing yourself and seeing if this is something you want to participate or collaborate in. Uh, So I always tell people, don't jump directly into the pool. Like, put your toe in first. And so see if this is something you want to collaborate with and uh, just know that we have uh, abundance of ideas, but we also have an abundance of people with ideas. And so sharing those ideas and coming together to create something amazing and cool is I feel like that's my number one goal in Fargo is like how many people can I collaborate with before I pass away or something like that so well let's please give a round of applause for our speakers today thank y'all so so much and that's all we have for this week's Startup Roof Fargo thanks for listening in Startup Roof Fargo is energized by Emerging Prairie, an organization dedicated to connecting and celebrating the Founders Ecosystem. Thank you to Emerging Prairie's annual partners and Founders Ecosystem partners. See you next time. And go do something amazing. Amazing.